0: Welcome to YOLITICS, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics.
1: All right. Hey there, uh, welcome back, everybody. To, uh, is, see,
0: we do, we do this every time. We do this every time. It's I know we, we
1: both go sit ahead. and look at each other, and then when it's time to start, we always start at the same time. You go, Jason. This is go. almost a, a bad huh? game. Uh, I, I wasn't going to say anything incredible, were you?
0: Yeah, actually, I had to go do jury
1: duty the other day. And um, we should start with you then.
0: Well, this was for the civil courthouse in Dallas County. So I did the criminal courthouse. It it seems like two weeks ago, but it was probably two years ago. And uh, I did the civil courthouse this time. So if you get a choice, you don't get a choice, but you want to go to the civil side if you can. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. A little nicer over there. Um, We get selected because uh, for the reasons we'll talk about in a few moments. So I got selected by a um, uh a judge upstairs to be in the pool not to sit on the jury go upstairs and hanging out for a while and guess who is sitting next to me and gets selected as well who domingo garcia <laughs> really the national president of <laughs> oh, lulac former state representative democratic activist in dallas I'm like, well, you know, I don't know if they're going to pick me or not. Maybe they won't. But wow, are they going to pick him? Domingo knows everybody. Yeah, at the courthouse. You must houses. be in
1: some special jury pool. You get mm. called with other like big name folks.
0: I, I I thought for sure they had me confused for you, but I, I don't
1: know, man. I'm going to be honest with you too. Uh, the other day, you put out this note to everybody at work saying that you were headed to jury duty. Uh, which of course makes my day way more complicated because any work that you would have done that day becomes my work now, right? In addition to the work I'm already doing. And I even thought, is this legit? Is he really? Because I don't know if they're really checking that at work. I don't know if they really ask you to bring in the little paper and they do. I don't they, think they, they do. do.
2: I didn't get asked. And they do, that, yeah. See,
1: that's what I was thinking, and the reason I thought that is, A, you're kind of a slippery fish, but B, I thought, <laughs> when is the last time I got a jury duty summons? It has been a, a pretty good while. Now, I had that one where you have to sit and you know call in every day or whatever and find out if they need you, but it's been a long while, which I guess makes sense because of what we're talking about today. With Rebecca well, yeah. Lopez, by the way, who just chimed in there.
0: She, she's yeah. jumping in early on us here. But, but you know, speaking, of, speaking of, of, of justifying absences, let's talk about your outpatient surgery that you were out for like four months on, man. <laughs> and you, you made everybody's job harder. Come and, on.
1: And you make me look even worse because I didn't realize that we were all going to get together and record in the actual podcast studio uh, at work today. And so... I join on my, you know, Zoom meeting here from the comfort of my living room and yes I am wearing drawstring pants with a nice shirt. And all of y'all are there at work, like fully dressed and ready to rock. Thanks for showing up for us, Wheeler. What, what are you, you drinking have a today, man? Down, for goodness sake.
0: Yeah, hey, dude, I show up to work, man. I show up to work. Come on. We're in hey, the y'all too small headquarters here. I it, true, and it was across the street from the Takes World headquarters. Um, what, what are you drinking today, man? I, I got two brews in here, one for
1: me, one for our esteemed guest. Well, I'm glad what I you, didn't what show having? up then because you didn't have three. Um, I'm we, having we have a, plenty a Carbach. I believe that's out of Fort Worth, right? Carbach. I think it is. Yeah, it's good. I guess I what could read that? the can, but it's a real dark purple. It's hard to read. It's a Carbach Jukebach Texas style bock, and they've got kind of this old looking retro uh, label on it. What are y'all having? Jukebox. Yeah,
0: I'm having the. Um, Uh, This is the Great Hall Hefeweizen, Hefe from uh, Pegasus City (laughs) Brewery, downtown Dallas. And let's go ahead and bring in Lopez, Rebecca Lopez, WFAA reporter. Rebecca, what do you have?
2: Paleta de mango.
1: Oh, paleta de mango.
2: yeah, mango chili beer with lime.
1: I likes. Hey,
2: I didn't know y'all to drink on the job. Like, are
1: are you, are are you going to be on
0: the newscast tonight, Lopez? <laughs>
2: <Mm-mm-mm>.
0: You're not <laughs> on the newscast tonight? Well, yeah, I am, but I just took one sip. Oh, okay. Well, no, hey, this is going to be a long conversation, so we have another one for you if you want it. Rebecca would have joined us a long
1: time ago if she knew she could get away with all this. Right,
0: right, yeah. exactly. Let, let, let's get into why we have Rebecca here. She was my deskmate forever at WFAA, and then she got... Uh, uh, higher real estate cost, and she she moved over to a nicer part of town. She did. And who are you sitting
1: next to now?
0: Yeah, I'm slumming it with you guys now. Uh, uh, my area in the newsroom re- literally has no lights above it. I had to go buy a light from Amazon to put over it.
2: Oh, look, they put Tanya and I in one section because you know that's the cussing section.
1: Uh, <laughs> we need to be there. We need to be ice. over there.
0: It's always fun when you're around Lopez, but it, Lopez is—I call her Lopez, Rebecca Lopez, um, veteran reporter at WFAA. She is the best police reporter that I've worked with in the past four stations that that I've been at in 32 years. Um, she has contacts everywhere. You break stories constantly. I tell you this all the time. Um, you know, I, I give you high fives all the time. But you did some stories last week that I'm like, holy heck are you kidding me and this is about the court system in dallas county and it's not just about the court system in dallas county we're seeing these same issues in austin travis county harris county houston has had these same issues as well
1: too parent same thing i mean you Mm -hmm. and basically any populated area around texas and this is a statewide problem so uh rebecca you're on to something here that has become a big conundrum not only for law enforcement and for prosecutors and for judges, but also for legislators who are gonna to have to figure out some kind of fix for this.
0: So there are two problems the way I see it, Wheeler, and you tell me, um, just watching Rebecca's reporting on WFAA. The first repop- first problem is um, because of COVID, there is a huge backlog of trials mm-hmm. across the state, but in Dallas County especially, that's what you focused on. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll get into why this backlog exists, whether it should exist too. And number two, which we have seen for a while now, is that judges in this state are letting off violent offenders with low bonds. Mm -hmm. And you talk about ticking off law enforcement and people all over the place, I mean, it it just chaps us. So the way I look at this is that, you know, Texas courts, Dallas County especially, really has a a crisis when it comes to courts on their hands, don't they?
2: They do. We can start with the uh, the crisis that we were first talking about from uh, last week and that is that what is happening in Dallas County is there's such a backlog and there's a $50 million grant at stake here that they use for criminal justice and to help with the criminal justice system in Dallas County, but they are, uh, could lose that if they do not clear 90% of their court cases and they are not going to make that by august the first and what, you have to do what, it for five years in a row or you lose that money and they're just not clearing it so commissioner john Wally price and the commissioner's court have been looking at are the judges working where are the judges why are these cases not being cleared and what is happening then is that you have defendants that aren't getting uh their trials or due they're process. not getting adjudication due process they're uh in the jail um and some of these are um, obviously low level offenders and a lot of them that we're talking about and then you have victims that haven't gotten any justice
0: well before we get too far down the road here tell us uh, how how many cases are are on hold in dallas county and what this 50 million dollars is normally used for how many cases on hold right now and, and what's the money normally used for? I didn't realize this grant existed.
2: Yeah, it varies. And right now what they're saying, I believe it's like 70,000 cases. And in order to clear them by August the 1st, they're going to have to literally try to get rid of more than 600 cases a week to try and make it to what where they need to be by August the 1st. Rebecca, put uh, that into
1: perspective could, real quick though. When you say yeah. that to make this deadline, they'd have to hit 600 cases cleared per week what are they clearing right now
2: well and that's the question that the commissioners have so what they're doing is a deep study into who's clearing their cases who's holding jury trials, trials which judges are working and what they are finding is that there are some dallas county judges that even though the COVID restrictions have been lifted at the courthouse are not coming to work Mm -hmm. they are sometimes coming in only two times a week and one judge that we know of um, and i would want to you know still verify this i'm not going to use the name but we've been told by multiple sources that that particular judge only comes to work about two hours a day that particular judge makes close to two hundred thousand a week so why aren't they clearing these cases why is this? Why are they just caught in this backlog that they can't get rid of?
0: So, so like for Wheeler right now, who has a case pending himself, does this mean that that he might uh, <laughs> that, that he might not go to trial? He could just take a plea and move on down the road, or what's going to happen to these cases, Rebecca?
2: And that's you know, most of these cases are plea bargained out, yeah. uh, and so, but you know, you still have to have a judge you know sign off on them, and that's just not happening mm-hmm. uh, in some of the ca- in a lot of cases, and so. Um, the, that's what the Commissioner John Wiley Price is super hot about. He wants to know why are these judges not going to clear the, these their dockets uh, mm. and. He says that other counties around Tarrant County is gonna make the 90%, mm. uh, and I believe so is Harris County. The only two counties that are not gonna make it, probably by that August 1st deadline, are Dallas and Bear.
1: Hmm. Uh, and wow. to be clear here, um, uh, you know, in some of these places, this was a mess before we went into the pandemic. They already had backlogs building uh, in some of these courtrooms, a lot of these courtrooms, but the pandemic, Rebecca, really exacerbated this because Uh, you know this is what we were talking about earlier with you know i haven't gotten a jury summons in a while uh because they stopped doing jury trials in so many of these courthouses for so long and they went to all zoom uh and that really just mucked up the process there and man you just started seeing these cases uh just start to go up and up and up the number that were still pending um i I think bloomberg law was the one saying they they cited someone who said that in the whole state. There are now about 50,000 more felony cases pending than there were before the pandemic. This is a major backlog that we're talking about.
2: Well, and one of the things that Commissioner Price said to me, and I went on one on one interview that we did with him, was just because it was COVID did not mean that they could not come to the courthouse and do their cases. Yes, they set it up for Zoom also to protect the jurors, but they also opened up the cafeteria. They opened up the uh, the big jury room downstairs. They had other places where judges could have held jury trials, but a lot of judges chose not to, uh, that was one. Um, but even so, they could have still uh, come to the courthouse and adjudicated those cases uh, according to him.
1: But nobody can make them.
2: Right. Well, they did allow um, the attorneys and prosecutors to come in after a certain amount of months, like the first few months when everything was unknown in COVID. Yeah. Yes, that was impossible, but they did slowly open it back up. And so really for the last year, year and a half or so, they've been able to go to the courthouse and adjudicate these cases.
0: Mm. So, so boil this down for us. It, it, do, do we need more courtrooms and judges, or do we need these judges to start putting in a full eight hour day?
2: Well, if you listen to the commissioners, they believe that these judges can do the job if they were doing their work that they're supposed to be doing. Mm. And it's not all of them, and I really wanna stress that there are some judges that are constantly holding jury trials, judges that are working really, really hard, but they're watching and they're going to start releasing reports um, at county commissioners and they're going to put down the um, the workload and what they're doing, how many cases they're clearing, how many cases mm-hmm. they still have before them, how many jury trials they're holding. And they want to hold judges' feet to the fire. Now, the mm-hmm. judges will say, well, you know, there's all these things happening and we couldn't do this. But guess at commissioner's court, they're like, we're done with excuses. Y'all need to clear these dockets.
1: I think that's a key. That was
2: very clear from both. But even JJ Koch, who's on the opposite side, usually, of John Wiley Price. They were all in in accord that they need to do something more.
1: I think that's a key part of your reporting there, Rebecca, because, you know, we've seen some reporting out of Houston where media organizations have been publishing those numbers by court and by judge. Uh, What's interesting here is that you have a governmental body now uh, in a separate branch Mm -hmm. saying we're going to start outing you and showing what your numbers look like in hopes of almost, you know, Publicly shaming you into to getting the job done because we can't afford to you know keep sitting on these cases.
2: And you're right; it's something that was happening even prior to uh, COVID. There's one particular case that I'm looking at. The case has been before this judge for ten years, ten years, and it has yet to go to the trial. It's a sex assault case, so the victim is still waiting, and the defendant is out. So people are incensed and this is uh, starting to come to light. It's probably gonna be one of my next stories that we do on this particular case and there's a lot of cases like that. And so... um,
0: Why has that one been waiting for so long?
2: Well, it had a special prosecutor in the case and that special prosecutor keeps asking for continuances and the judge who, this is one of the judges that they believe isn't working as hard, just signs off on the past lips and just lets them, and then they keep changing prosecutors and keep changing um, also the uh, defense attorneys so they keep changing and so now this case has languished in the courts uh. for 10 years how does that happen yeah. but it's happening and, and it's not the only case
0: and you're reporting you made note of something that's really important here too. the the commissioners in Dallas County and Bear County and, and and everywhere else they can complain all they want but at the end of the day these judges are elected on their own and the commissioners really have their hands tied here right i mean besides publicly shaming them how else do you, do you get them to actually start hearing cases
2: and that's the whole point exactly they are elected officials and so the county commissioners really don't have any jurisdiction no one does except the voters and i think that that's the message that they're trying to send out the voters need to pay more attention to what's happening at the courthouse, to their elected officials, what they're doing. And that's one of the reasons why they're putting out the a list of judges so you can go on there and look, well, why I'm gonna go vote against that judge. They're not doing anything. They're not adjudicating the cases and there's no justice for some of the victims or the defendants. So, you know, that's what mm. they want people to look at is, you know, let your voice heard at the ballot
1: box. I think it's a great point that you make about the, the victims and the defendants in these cases as well because, you know, this is, it looks terrible on paper to have these huge backlogs, but these are, you know, for each one of those, these are lives, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And and you've got victims' families out there, you've got victims out there uh, who are waiting for justice, and and that wound just stays open. You've covered so many cases, you know how this is, uh, especially in the really violent cases. You know, a a conviction doesn't necessarily bring someone back, but it does give some measure of closure to these families. Um, But also, some of these defendants you know who've been locked up for a long time waiting to go to trial maybe they are found not guilty when it's all said and done and they gave up all of that you know life there mm-hmm. uh, or if they're out and, and they're trying to get a job and trying to further their life if they're not guilty that's a long time to wait to prove that
2: yeah and you know commissioner uh, Koch said the same thing you know he's saying look these are people whose lives are at stake here and also if they lose that 50 million dollar grant uh, there is concern uh, from the commissioners that the lieutenant governor would step in. And, you know, there's a lot of contention between the lieutenant governor and uh, the county commissioners. And what would the lieutenant governor do if, for instance, they find that the judges aren't working? They're doing it. Will there be a push to remove some of these judges? And if so, would somebody appoint them? I mean, that's just one of the conversations that's being had. What involvement would the state have? if it is proven that these judges aren't coming to work and they're elected officials, can the lieutenant governor take some kind of action? And there's a a, a real big concern about
0: that. What, What could the state do though?
2: well i mean i think that right now it's all kind of hypothetical it could be that they would look at these judges and if they needed to begin removing some of them then the lieutenant governor would appoint the uh, the judges in those cases i doubt that that's going to happen they're elected officials i think that they would leave it up to the voters but there is a a lot of contention between the lieutenant governor and this county and the leaders in this so, county.
1: so we have fear at the local level that the state might come in and try to bigfoot here uh is there also frustration though rebecca are you sensing frustration at the local level with lawmakers in Austin, because this could be alleviated. I mean, um, Bloomberg Law, you know, was speaking to someone really high up in in the Texas court system, and they were saying basically this could be solved in a year if uh, the legislature appropriated enough money to get enough, you know, m- even bring some judges out of retirement to start moving this along. Is there frustration at the local level that we haven't seen that kind of response? I mean, California just had a budget; they were reporting that asked for ninety million dollars more to deal with this same sort of thing.
2: I think that there is a lot of frustration and exactly they feel like they need you know more help but I think here the bigger problem is that some of the judges just aren't working.
1: Mm.
0: Wow so you point out in your stories uh, last week Rebecca that um, judges make anywhere from $150,000 to nearly $200,000 a year, uh, about half of what Wheeler makes uh, normally annually. <laughs> um, and and you, you talk about uh, that the commissioners are, are, are going to start releasing how many trials. Has that study actually began and, and then sec- or begun? And secondly, if they started today, it started burning through these cases, and I know every case is different, um, how long would it take Dallas County to, to clear through all these trials?
2: So they're saying if people start working at the level that they want them to work, they may not meet that August 1st deadline, but if they clear the 600 or so cases a week that they're hoping that they clear, then by mid-August, then they could possibly be where they need to be, and that's clearing the 90%. But uh, they don't think that that's gonna happen. And, and if you miss consecutive years in a row, because there's five years that they want you to meet that 90%. Mm. If you miss consecutive years in a row, then that's when the grant's gonna get pulled. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's frustration, there's concern.
0: What's that 50 million used for, that grant?
2: It, it's used to help the criminal justice system to pay for trials or other things that the county needs when it comes to running the courts in Dallas.
1: Okay. Well, okay, so if it's already circling the drain here and, and, and things aren't looking good, uh, boy, that could just make things that much worse. To you know, put in a punishment that says we're going to take away the money that's designed to make you do the job that you're not quite getting done. You know,
2: and I think that that's you know why the commissioners are so up in arms because they said if some of the judges did the level of work that they're supposed to be doing, that we wouldn't be in this dilemma. And you know, this is all part of what you know John Wiley Price has also been pushing, and that is you know bond reform and that is making sure that people don't stay in jail for low level offenses. That don't need to be there for uh, large amounts of time, and so that's that's I think what's really motivating him as well. Plus, you know, losing that fifty million would be devastating mm. for the county.
0: It's great that Wheeler and I aren't judged our productivity either, because can you imagine? Uh, yeah, y'all
2: yeah. are drinking beer. Yeah, all yeah. we're yeah. terrible.
0: Yeah, that would we're be having a, a, a <laughs> terrible thing. Let's not institute that. N- n- not not at all. Uh, you've you've. Sought out the other side of this. What are judges saying? Are they even answering your calls when you reach out to them?
2: No, you know they. Uh, most of them don't want to talk. Now a few of them have been outspoken, saying we are doing the work. We're doing the best we can. We were, you know, hampered by COVID. But the county commissioners, like, look, we've been giving you the tools that you ask for, and we the budget been, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we've been trying to help you. So enough with the excuses. Get to work. And in fact, J.J. Koch went to uh, after the commissioners meeting last Tuesday. On Wednesday, he he went over to the courthouse and went to every single judge, criminal judge, and asked how many trials do you have this week and where are you? And uh, they're going to release those numbers that they have found on their own little study of for just one week uh, at Commissioner's Court in two weeks and it should be pretty fiery. That'll be interesting. Wow, Uh, that'll uh, be good.
1: You know, ABC 13 out of Houston was looking at this too and, and, and they were finding judges who had, you know, 3,400 pending cases in their courtroom. And you just think, man, how do you ever tackle that mountain? Uh, and, 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 I mean, they found that it was kind of the norm to have more than 2,000 pending cases uh, in an individual courtroom. Uh, Rebecca, I know that, you know, hats off, though, to a lot of these, these judges and these courts for being able to adjust during the pandemic and keep things moving even though they weren't in person. They were doing it via Zoom. Uh, we're hearing that just like with every other business, Zoom is probably here to stay. Uh, in the court system just because it helps Um, but some you know some prefer that they have those jury trials in person because there's you've covered so many trials Rebecca you know this there's so much nuance that happens there's little micro expressions and facial expressions and things that you know get to someone's credibility that a jury maybe doesn't see or that someone doesn't see when you're on zoom uh, so a lot of people are pushing for those those jury trials to resume, but you just wonder, how could you possibly do that in person with this many cases? It, it almost no. sounds like it might be advantageous to be a defendant in a lot of these cases because maybe you can make a deal and, and, and move on.
2: Well, that's what's happening, and there are some judges in Dallas County with the philosophy that jury trials are a waste of time and a waste of money, uh, and that it's better to try to get the plea bargains, get the uh, get them, you know, signed off on um, before it gets to a jury. Now, there are some judges that are holding a lot of trials. The average, typically, uh, I'm told per uh let's see is this per year per, um, I, I you know what I'm going to make a mistake if I look no, at that No I
1: remember your report Either
2: way there's supposed to be x amount of trials uh that usually average um, ju- judge's average statewide 20 uh, you, Dallas you had is reported like the half. other day
1: 24 a year I think yes. that the, was the average and they're yes. at half of that now They're
2: at like 12 and that's average like I said mm. there's there's couple of judges, Judge Brandon Birmingham, who's holding up to or more than uh, 20 cases uh, a year of jury trials, and then there's some that are having two. I mean, how can you, in, in an entire year, have only two jury trials? What are they doing the rest of the time? That's the question the commissioners have. What are you doing? Where are you? Why are you not here? Why are you not working? So they're looking, and 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 this is a frustration for
1: prosecutors too, I would imagine, Rebecca, because you know when you have that many cases that are pending and sort of up in the air, that prosecutor now has files for every one of those cases that they have to deal with, and you start looking at a prosecutor juggling hundreds and hundreds of cases that are still up in the air.
2: And we're not even talking just about the criminal side. The civil side has just as many problems mm. they're just not looking at that as closely and the juvenile courts are a disaster right now when it comes to this and so the uh, but the um the civil cases literally uh i think it was john wiley price who said uh on the uh, dais at the commissioner's court that they can't that com, uh, def, um, attorneys are complaining to them that they can't get the judges to come to work when they're mm. trying to get their, your trust. And if you go up there, I've been up there many times. To the courthouses? To the courthouses. Gosh, walk around on a Friday, it is a ghost town. Wow. Or even a Thursday. By Thursday afternoon, a lot of judges have checked out, go over to uh, the Frank Allen Courthouse, go over to Crowley, and it's that nobody there. The courtrooms are locked up, I mean the clerk, Court clerks may be behind the scenes, but
0: there's no one around.
2: Where, where, I mean, where's the bailiff?
0: Where's the where, where's the staff? Where's they're the there. Judge?
2: They're there. They're working. The it's just the holding... judges that aren't there. So wow. some again some. So some. Some. just mm-hmm. to just all. clarify
1: again, Rebecca, what is the backlog in just Dallas County? Is it? Did you say seven?
2: I believe it's seventy thousand. I would have to double check my numbers, but off the top of my head, I believe that that's mm. what I remember them saying. Wow.
0: Let's talk about the other crisis in Texas courts, and that is these insane headlines we've seen for a few years now, probably a lot longer than that, about judges across this state letting off violent offenders with minimal bond. How the hell does that happen?
2: Well, and that's exactly what uh, law enforcement wants to know, what Chief Eddie Garcia and others want to know, and he's done a couple of interviews with me, but... This all came to light to me when I uh, was told about the case of Julio Guerrero. Some people, the families came to us and they were incensed that Julio Guerrero was arrested uh, last year. He had bumped into a, um, a guy at a, at a bar and they have video of him according to police shooting this guy in the head. He had even changed clothes. They see him casing the parking lot. He waited for the guy to come out, shoots him in the head. They have video. They match that ballistic to the shooting in a road rage two weeks later where he shoots into a car allegedly and shoots a little girl in the head. The ballistics from that scene and they also have video that they say is Guerrero at both of these scenes. So when DPD finally pieces all of this together and they're able to get a suspect name, they go to arrest him and we were there, we have video. He uh, gets into a shootout with Dallas police officers or shoots at Dallas police officers and they have three ag assaults against police officers. Then they also searched the uh, property and they find that there have been drugs being sold in a large amount of money. And uh, the, the people that were, lived, there were some trailers in the back of the property that that's where they say they found some of the stuff. The people there said that they were cartel ties uh, to this area. So, uh, what, so what they did was they arrested him, they put him in jail. Initially the magistrate, I think it was six, $6 million in bonds. That did get reduced to about $3 million. Then it gets before Judge Chika Anyam. Uh, she takes a look at it. Uh, she hears everything that's on the table. And the first time she doesn't reduce it, they have a second hearing. She reduces it down to about, uh, I believe it was closer to $2 million. Uh, and then they have another bond reduction hearing at the request of the defense attorney. And they lower the bonds to about 500000 the attorney in this case has a bonding company. He was getting ready to bond his company out, and it's perfectly legal. A lot of attorneys own bond companies. So wait, so he if was going to bond out
1: his own client. There? He was going
2: to bond out his own client. They were going to put him on an ankle monitor. And the reason that Judge Onyam gave for lowering the bond is a well, he can't afford to be out, and b. Uh, his family showed up in court, and she's like, "Well, you've got a lot of support from your family, and it's all on it's all on paper." And she lowers the bond. He's about to get out, and that's when I do my first story. Well, then the governor, you know, tweets the story. The mayor of Dallas is incensed. The police chief comes out. We do follow up stories. So she holds her own hearing, and then eventually raises it back up so he doesn't get out. And then uh, she holds the bonds insufficient, but says that. It was the prosecutors who didn't present all the evidence to her in this third bond reduction Third. 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 Yeah. So she's had the evidence in front of her. So she, she tries to blame the uh, the prosecutor. So then they file a motion to get her off the case, and she does eventually recuse herself. So now another judge is going to hear that. But we have a second case involving the same judge of a, a capital murder defendant that allegedly robbed a guy and uh, shot and killed him. Uh, the bond is at a million. She lowers it to one hundred and fifty thousand, right. and in open court says. She knows the defendant's mother, who is a bailiff at the jail, lowers it. He is out on an ankle monitor, and now they're hold, they're going to hold more hearings to see if they can recuse her off that case and also uh, hold the bond insufficient. But the but what DPD is finding is that a lot of the violent offenders they took a, a two hundred fifty four cases that they looked at when they looked at those 254 cases, they realized that a, a percentage of people were being released, were getting uh, released within two weeks. And mo- more than, uh, I think it was like 70% or so of those were people that had committed crimes with guns. Mm. And we're talking about gun violence in this mm. in this country and in this state and in this city of trying to bring gun violence down, but then you're allowing people out on bond that are violent, and yes, there is a constitutional right to uh, have a bond, but we're talking about low level, non-violent offenders. It doesn't say that everyone gets a bond. If you are a present danger to society or to other people, a judge can hold you till trial and yes, you're innocent until proven guilty, but they can hold you there until that trial uh, is held. And then you can, you know, then you have your day in court.
1: And and just out of that sample that you were talking about there with DPD, uh, just pulling this small sample. I mean, these are a couple hundred cases. We know how many cases Dallas police go through. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands. Just out of these couple hundred, uh, you're reporting that 30% of those, uh, and these, you know, a lot of these are gun violence offenses. Mm -hmm. 30% of those people are being released within two weeks out of the jail. That's kind of a staggering figure, when you think about it.
2: You know, and then we have another case, if you remember the case of Maricela Botello. She went missing in Deep Ellum. She was kidnapped, her body was found later. She was here visiting from Seattle. They got the suspects identified, finally, and then they did find her uh, body eventually. Uh, The two suspects that they suspected in that case, before they were arrested for this this case, they fled to Florida. They had to go pick them up there, extradite them back to Texas. The judge in this case, then releases them with ankle monitors and does not take their passports. So when they know that there's fewer people watching, like these these, these some of these people know what's happening. Uh, they slipped out of those ankle monitors and hopped a plane to Cambodia. Wow. And that's where they are now, in Cambodia. And, and now their poor you gotta, family
1: never gets they're terrified. to see some justice done there. Are they gonna bring them back,
2: Rebecca? They are, the FBI is working to try to extradite them back. But when they, I was told from sources that when they got there, they're like, well, we're in Cambodia, you're not gonna be able to extradite us, they think that they can just flee and and not have to come back to the United States and face some sort of justice. Uh, But they're bringing them back, but the the question is, these people were already a flight risk. They fled before you arrested them. Then you bring them back here and you let them out without taking their passports. First, the question is why did you let them out in the first place? Even with ankle monitors, we know that there are people that slip out of their ankle monitors—it happens all the time. John Wiley Price said it. Chief Garcia said it. We're, we, we've got several examples of, of cases. We have a case of two brothers that were out on ankle monitors that were committing ag robberies while on their ankle monitors. They didn't even bother to take them off.
1: Rebecca, there are I'm, others. Am I way off here? Is there a connection Jeez. of those dots? Is there a line that can be drawn between what we were talking about uh, just a bit ago uh, about these, you know, cases just sitting and languishing, and you know, the jails filling up with people? Is, is there a line to be drawn between that and a lot of these defendants being released on a, a, a much lower bond, even if they're in there for a violent crime, or put on an ankle monitor? Is that to try to, you know, relieve some of the pressure on the jails since you have so many cases that are backlogged?
2: Well, and that is one of the things that that uh, they're looking at, but uh, there, are, there are violent offenders that are out on ankle monitors, and they do come back to court, but there are so. Uh, a good percentage of them that recommit crimes while out on bond that are very violent so they say it's a case by case basis but yes I think that that's what some of what the judges were doing but there's also a ton of low level offenders out on ankle monitors so you've got all these low level offenders and this is where John Wiley Price gets really upset he's like look these people shouldn't be out on ankle monitors. We can't monitor then the violent ones that they do let out because there's so many and we only have X amount of staff. Now they are adding I think 11 people to the payroll that will be part of the ankle monitoring system. They'll, they're add, adding 11 more employees that can monitor. But these judges uh, are like just slapping the ankle monitors on them instead of adjudicating the cases or working to adjudicate the cases and then just letting, these th- letting tons and tons of people out on ankle monitors. But then the violent offenders are the people that you have trouble yeah. tracking.
0: Mm. Th- th- these are not isolated cases though. You've been talking about cases in Dallas, Texas. I I just think back to to Houston and the former police chief there, Art Acevedo, -hmm. Acevedo, Um, and and it it was last summer, I think, or or summer before last, every time they would have a shooting, he would come out and several police officers were shot there Mm -hmm. um, by suspects who should not have been out. Uh, on Bond, and he would get angry, he would get emotional, and still nothing has happened. And now it's happened up here too.
2: Well, and then in Austin, I just saw last week where they arrested a guy who had committed two murders and he was out on an ankle monitor for a sex assault of a child. And so the police union put out a press release and tweeted the guy's name and all that. And their, their whole you know, contention is, look, I mean, you're letting these people out that are, that are violent. And you're talking about an alleged child molester uh, out on an ankle monitor. That person should be in jail awaiting yeah. for their trial
1: that just seems Most. upside down you know especially when you hear this uh, argument that just goes on and on about bond reform and these low level uh, offenses mm-hmm. where you've got people locked up um and, you know they, they've got bond that they can't meet and they're in there for something you know really low level non-violent and and you're filling up jails with these people and then you know you're lowering bond for people who are committing gun crimes and 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 murder
2: yeah. It's in, and I asked John Wiley Price that very question, and he said, There's no rhyme or reason. We, we, we can't figure it out. We don't understand why some of the judges are taking, you know, this stance. Now, I will say in the first case that we covered with Judge Chica and I'm not uh, at all insinuating that there's more going on, but what we do know is the defense attorney in this case gave her $5,000. Uh, in campaign money, and she was on her Facebook touting the fact that he was her number one contributor, Mm. and then this guy who then we learn may have drug cartel ties was about to be uh, released out on bond had we not started doing some of the stories. Now, I'm not saying, but there is a question about how much money these judges are getting from defense attorneys. They're elected officials, so.
0: But all that's perfectly legal too, Lopez. It is legal. That's the thing.
2: 100% legal. And and
0: that judge you were talking about can still hear cases brought by that defense attorney uh, or clients who are represented by him. Most people might not realize, but most judges in large Texas cities are Democrats. Based on what we're seeing in Austin that you mentioned, in Houston we've talked about, in Dallas that you reported on, would would tell me that if the Republican Party wanted, they could probably make some pretty good arguments for, I don't wanna say overthrowing, that's not a good term to use on a political podcast these days, but running some candidates against these judges who have so many questions.
2: Well, and it was interesting because when we did the story on Julio Guerrero and we uh, tweeted that, Governor Abbott retweeted us and he said, Come next legislative session, we're taking a look. We're going to find answers. But I, he didn't get specifics as to what's what going to happen. Gonna
0: what do? are people saying needs to happen? Because JJ Koch is a Republican county commissioner in Dallas. John Wiley Price is a Democratic county commissioner in Dallas. They're all on the same page that yeah. something's got to change. What What do you think is going to happen politically? Well,
2: I feel like they're going to take a tougher stance about letting people out that are violent offenders. And I'm not sure. I mean, the, the, the Constitution does allow you, you know, you're innocent until proven. Uh, guilty, and you've got all of that. So it, it'll be interesting. I'm not sure what they could come up with, but they do want to somehow get some teeth into the law that would prohibit judges from releasing some of these violent offenders. Now, yeah, can like, they do that legally? I don't know. I think you're, you
1: know, you're. Oh, they can do whatever on. they want to do. Yeah, and then, but yeah, that's what yeah. they're gonna. That's, that's <laughs> one of the and things. And then let they it go to the courts. <laughs> <legal>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let yeah the judges make, decide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I I think that the bigger question is, yeah, yeah, it's a huge question. What will lawmakers do about this? Are they going to do anything about these problems? But the huge question that looms right in the shadows of that question is, are they also going to commit the money? Because every two years we see lawmakers go to Austin, they, you know, they'll put all of these laws in place. And then at the local level, they scream, these are unfunded mandates. You're, you're asking for something and giving no money to fix the problem. It takes money to fix these problems.
2: Well, and there are some people that believe the state law should change that does not allow judges to take campaign finance money or a way that we the way that we vote on judges here in Texas could right. they be appointed there are some states that appoint but that that is a long argument and I tell you I mean there on the civil courts you have the same problem I mean judge, people will throw money at the judges in their um Races mm-hmm. and we and the in the media. I mean, there's so many we don't and you know we don't like everybody on. else. We're right. we're yeah. you know well we just have for X fun a manpower. We sometime. can't watch. We yeah. can't watch everything that's happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. if you want to have some fun, some just groups. go look sometime at how many votes a lot of these judges uh, get when the voting actually happens. Look at the the number of people who actually vote in those races. It is abysmal in most cases, and I would bet you that half of those votes are people just kind of throwing a dart blindly when they get into that voting booth and they're just picking a name. They don't really know about the names on the ballot. Uh,
2: they don't, yeah. that that. That is, uh, you're correct. I mean voter turnout for these types of races is, is yeah, really low. And then, and and then
1: we and wonder why the system the is broken. You know, we, yeah. we, we wonder like what's going on here? Well, it's
0: there's a whole system. Yeah, and th- those are the down ballot races that I've been, i been. I don't even follow closely enough. But Rebecca's reporting shows that you need to find out what these judges are doing. And it sounds like the commissioners. Is this two weeks from Tuesday in Dallas County? Yes, the uh, I think gonna, it's a
2: week from. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, uh, it's tomorrow. A, no, a week from tomorrow. A
0: week from, a week from tomorrow. tomorrow yeah, so that's yeah. uh,
2: that they're going to the seventeenth of May. Yeah, and and I will tell you that the chief of police uh, here in Dallas is very upset about it they're tracking the violent offenders. They're looking at which judges are, are releasing. They're also trying to track that through their crime stats. people. They're yeah. seeing, okay, if we arrest a violent offender that just committed an aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and we also have a murder, was that person out on bond? What kind of bond did they have? Who let them out on bond? They're also trying to keep track of that because they feel like for them, it's important so that the also the public knows and that and one of the things that uh, Chief Garcia was adamant about is he says when you release these people you release them right back into the communities right. that they victimize victims so you're you're and, and predominantly uh, are in uh, people of color in the neighborhoods people mm-hmm. of color both uh, Latinos and and uh, Blacks and then you're releasing people right back into the community that they just victimized. I mean, yes, you will have the people that will go up to other areas where they don't live, but typically they come right back into the same neighborhoods that are afraid to, you know, sleep in their beds because they're afraid they're going to get shot. They're sleeping on the ground. He told us stories about a woman, an elderly lady that sleeps on the floor because she's afraid there's going to be a random bullet coming through her neighborhood. In Dallas. Uh, In Dallas. And because there's you know, so few officers. They need a thousand more officers in Dallas to meet to be what they need to be to be able to protect the city better. It's 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 really hard for them yeah. to try to juggle what they're going to do with officers. That's a whole nother conversation. Mm. It's
0: another podcast. Yeah. But
2: in the meantime, we'll yeah, bring you back. Look, uh, yeah.
0: I love your passion, Rebecca, and I've always told you that. You, you, I wish there were more reporters like you, and and newspaper, and TV, and and everywhere else, because you hold people, hold people's feet to the fire. You, you keep them honest, and you really are a journalist in the true sense of the word. Wheeler and I play them on TV, but you you really you really do that. So it's thank true. you for what you do. And at the end of the day, after all, Rebecca just told us there, Wheeler. We have the power to change this, and that is, vote the, you know, if you don't like a specific judge or you find out something about a judge, vote for their competitor.
1: Yeah, and We we can
0: decide at the end of the day.
1: And it doesn't just end at the judicial branch. Remember, everybody, we're going into another legislative session starting in January. We have had a number of these lawmakers on here with us, Jason, since we've been doing this podcast, and they always say that, yeah, they do pay attention when they Mm -hmm. start getting a lot of calls, and or a lot of emails about a particular subject they pay attention. Sure, you know, they they they're going to want to go party line. They're going to want to stick with their peers. But if they and their peers start getting a bunch of calls and emails that something is important to voters, they listen to that and this needs to be important to voters. Uh, yeah. I'll close on this. Rebecca may be busy for a long time. Uh, because that Bloomberg Law article uh, was saying that, you know, if they don't do something drastic here in Texas to start moving this backlog, like bringing in retired judges and, you know, uh, doing adjudicating more of these on Zoom calls and so forth, uh, they may see this pandemic case backlog last until 2026. That's how bad Jeez. it is if they don't do something big. So lawmakers are going to be on the hot seat uh, in austin this coming session to, to to put up or shut up you know you're going to put up the money and the resources to get this done
0: yeah it sounds like the anger's on both sides which is, is. which means something will like to get done rebecca thanks so much for being here we appreciate Thank it you. and you can take the beer to okay. uh, back to your desk no, and, I, i'm headed and to public
2: enjoy. safety now to the public safety meeting <laughs> to find out something else at, doing. at
0: dallas city hall public safety is what <laughs> yeah, it sounds like all right <laughs> rebecca t- don't take the beer to city hall <laughs> don't do it you won't get your security you. <laughs>